Welcome to the What's Your Ceiling podcast. We're your hosts, Monty Wyatt and Paul Szczynski. Wherever you are in life, there is a higher ceiling. This podcast is how you become aware of it and how to take action to push through it. I'm Monty Wyatt, best-selling author of Pulling Profits Out of a Hat and CEO of Adding Zeros Executive Development. I grew up on a family farm in Iowa and have gone from sowing corn to sowing seeds of success throughout the world, leading, managing, and training teams. With me is Paul Szczynski, entrepreneur and investor who also grew up on a family farm here in Iowa. We believe every organization and person can be intentional in how they lead, influence, and manage their lives and businesses. What's Your Ceiling is for professionals, managers, executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners who want to achieve more in their health, family, and business by breaking through their ceiling. Every episode will give you real-world, easy-to-implement solutions so that you can be more aware and take action to reach new heights. It's time to discover your ceiling. Welcome to the What's Your Ceiling podcast, where we talk about your health, your family, your business. I'm Monty Wyatt. I'm Paul Szczynski. And we've got a great show with you today. We've talked a couple times about AI, but we're going to go a little bit deeper today. We've got an expert with us that uh, that Paul's going to introduce our expert today on uh, on AI. Yes, yeah, so I'm excited for today's event podcast because uh, artificial intelligence is a big thing right now. And uh, we're calling this Artificial Intelligence Transforming Life and Businesses. And uh, we got the perfect gentleman here to help us uh, try to siphon through this. Um, he's with Cap Gemini. They uh, do over $24 billion, a billion uh, a year, also 360,000 employees. He is the executive uh, VP of the Central United States. And I'd like to introduce Wade DeWalt. Wade, glad to have you here. Hi, Paul, Monty. Thanks for having me here. Thanks for joining yes. us. And so this space has just really blossomed probably in the last six or seven months, artificial intelligence. And I've gotten the opportunity to use it myself, which we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But kind of start out, went from three point to 3.5 to four point, and chat GPT is the one that's probably the most well-known. But can you kind of tell us a little bit about the artificial intelligence and, and how you got into this space and how you, you've been, how long you've been working with uh, Capgemini also? Yeah, it's um, AI has been around for a while. There's been many uh, predecessors to the the GPT um, that OpenAI has come out with. So there was originally uh, predictive models, there was neural networks, there was statistical models, a whole uh, bit of data science. So people have been trying to use um, data to make better decisions or predict and and have artificial <clears throat> intelligence. I think uh, with uh, what OpenAI has really pushed into the marketplace as well as you know all the corners of the world here is the uh, large language models and the uh, easy accessibility with the GPT um, you know capability so um, you know there was um, a version that came out in December of last year and now there's a version uh, four that just came out a few weeks ago here in June and again the the expansion of the capabilities and the, the, the size of the data sets that can be addressed by the new versions uh, is is opening up the avenues to a lot of new uses. Yeah, I see that. And now, I mean, a year ago, um, you know, they talked about it, but it, the, the mainstream media, nobody really knew what it was. It was just a robot as far as anybody else thought. But this chat GPT, 
uh, a few months ago after learning, that, actually having a conversation with you at dinner that time, you said you need to get on there and start checking it out. So the first thing I did, I got on there and explored putting letters together, newsletters, and I had a, a restaurant that I need to do an expansion on. And uh, so I had to put a contract together, which was kind of a unique expansion. So it wasn't just your ordinary general contract. So instead of going to the attorney, what I did was got on chat uh, GPT, I think it's 3.5. And I wrote an outline of exactly the bulletin points of what I wanted in that contract. And at the bottom, I said to put it by Iowa law. It printed out to me right away a contract. I reviewed it, tweaked it, printed out another contract, tweaked it again. Third time around, it came down contract I wanted. It had the bulletin points, everything I wanted in it, and also a uh, under the Iowa law, and it was followed to my knowledge. And so, had I done this without using Chat GPT, I would send out my information to the lawyer. The lawyer would take a few days to review it, send it back to me, and I would review it. Instead of taking time and spending all that money, I did this in about 15 minutes. It was amazing. Obviously, I have to have my attorney review it. Instead of spending five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars on a contract, I'm spending five hundred dollars. So let's talk a little bit about that, Wade. And and uh, I, I see in administration, law, several different ways that this could be an advantage for businesses out there today. I think it's going to save a lot of money and a lot of labor in the future. Our question is, is how is that going to affect us in the future? I think in three years from now, our world's going to be a whole different business. So Wade, could you kind of give us a little bit your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I think this is uh, in the area of, of content creation. I think there's a, a great productivity gain to be had, whether it's on the legal side or on the marketing side. Um, job requirements, uh, just wherever you're creating a lot of content, you can access the power of ChatGPT to uh, create that content. And like you said, go through refinement iterations until you come up with something. Uh, but that refinement is done very, very quickly. And the content quality is really quite high. So I think, um, you know, there are certain areas of job functions within various businesses that will be greatly uh, aided by this. There are some people that are saying the productivity lift in industry can be between 30 and 50%, which again, we've never had uh, since the steam engine, those kinds of productivity enablers uh, in, in our economy. So it has great promise. Now, you know, there's always the, what does the content say and what does the content not say? So I think in your example, there's, it's always wise to use the services of professionals because, you know, law is changing over time and you still want to be able to keep up with the latest um, uh, iterations and, and case law. But in terms of well-established things, it, it is going to be very, very valuable. Actually, I, I put a newsletter together real quick one time. I sent that over to you. You you here a couple of weeks ago and you gave it thumbs up, mm -hmm. right? So I, I think there's so many ways you can you could put. And I, we were talking about this earlier. If you you have a dispute with someone or you want to write a letter to your daughter or your son, but you just don't know how to quite articulate it, but you know what you want to say. So you can put the the thoughts, what you want to say, but to actually put it together and articulate it. This Chat GPT can give you two or three different versions until you have it the way you want it. 
So, which gets back to this, you know, people are going to be writing books with, with this. They're going to be doing a lot of interesting things. So where's that line at where we start crossing? I don't know. Uh, I think we do need some re- rules and regulation. I, I was chuckling because uh, I had to give a toast at both my son and daughter's wedding here in the last uh, uh, year. And I refrained from using it to actually write the uh, toast because it really needed to reflect on personal events over the last so many years. But in terms of actually documenting documenting other things that are, again, in a data set someplace on the internet, in other writings, you know, it absolutely can come through those and create a, a very high quality response. So um, your question about where's the line, um, I, I think there that's one of the guidelines that I think the government uh, is going to have to play a role in. And, you know, copyright uh, issues are going to be impacted somewhat by this. Already in the uh, the music area, it, uh, it can create music, it can create art, images. Uh, so are those original works or are they uh, taking from what's already there? And so these are all some of the things that the acceleration of those problems are, are being brought to the front simply because the power of the technology. It is. And, you know, and we've talked about this before, you know, taking someone, you can take their voice, you can take their image and put them on a screen. And it's very hard to tell the difference. And as we all know, that could go to a very bad space. Do you have any ideas how you could maybe regulate this or have you put that thought together or? Well, each company that looks at at artificial intelligence and how they're going to start implementing it into their organization. There's a, a framework for doing this. And then there's a set of ethical AI guidelines that companies like Capgemini have put together over time and are now tweaking for chat, uh, large language models like uh, ChatGPT. So I think a starting point is like, what kind of guardrails should an organization put in place? How will they protect you know data and, and, and security and, and those kinds of things? Then also, um, whether they connect processes together or they have human in the middle of, of each of their process areas. I think that's a really important thing for companies to think through is just how much automation are they willing to enable or are they going to segment that? I mean, we've talked about this before. Is actually, the more you interact, the more intelligent it gets because it gets more facts. Now, on the other side of it, where are these facts coming from? So it gets back to copyright, to where is exactly does this get articulated from? Yeah, so it, it will go after structured and unstructured data. And uh, again, unstructured data can come in so many shapes and sizes, and it can come from the web. Uh, that's a big ocean of unstructured data. So uh, if you narrow it down to an organization's structured data, there's already an element of control around that. And then they augmented it with certain trusted sources of unstructured data. Now, all of a sudden, you can incrementally build on a, on a data set that you can keep some guidelines around. So I think every organization will have to understand just how far and how fast they want to venture into it. But starting with their own data sets, that's a uh, predefined model, and they can get very good use out of that uh, data. It's typically their production data, their customer data, you know, distribution data. It's data that they already know within their organization. They just may not be accessing it in exactly the same way that chat GPT would or any other large language model would uh, would allow them to. Well, that's that, yeah, that's another example of a great way of, of uh, pulling information out of your company, especially with a large company like yourself. You could have managers go in, I guess, into screens and, and then bring that information out without the actual physical research, I guess, is what on that. So 
Monty, you've been in the executive coaching position uh, for over 20 years now. I think it's going to change your business. I think it's a business like yours is going to even be bigger than as ever with this type of, uh, it's going to actually, I think, grow a business like yours. You're going to have more help with lower cost, which will help you scale your business. So I think legal and administrative is what I see as the largest growth in AI. What about, what do you see it at, Wade? Yeah, that's that's a question I have. If, if uh, the data says 30 to 50% of efficiencies, what, you know, we call our audience the achievers. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are some, some things that you see that the average business out there can use uh, artificial intelligence to maximize their organizations? I think there are are tasks in any business that are done repetitively, and those may be uh, job functions that there's more turnover in the employee base than in some of your other um, uh, job functions. So where you have this constant uh, turnover battle, and it could be in some of the call center functions, it could be some uh, finance functions, it just could be in some of the marketing functions. Um, These are areas where I think uh, it can absolutely augment and or take over some of the function over time. It's not gonna happen, you know, uh, necessarily immediately. But, um, you know, organizations that are looking at handling certain kinds of inquiries through a chatbot and with a voice front end to it, like Paul mentioned, those are some things that people are already exploring. Um, some of the marketing functions on, on creation of content that goes out on a, on a repetitive basis, uh, those are absolutely areas as well. You know, through the pandemic here, we had a greater than normal amount of job uh, change and attrition within organizations. And um, when we really think about what, what hampers productivity in companies, it's it's been finding the right people, hiring the the right people, training the right people, retaining the right people. And so when you move some of that re- repetitive work to digital labor, you step past that um, you know, activity. And you have to make sure that the, the, the brand that you want your company to have in terms of you know, interaction and personal you know, isn't replaced by you know, AI bots, but the things that it can do and that companies choose to have it do are appropriate and along with their brand image. So I think that's the balance that different companies are, are going to find. What are some of the concerns that you see with, with AI and that we need to be conscious of? We, we've talked about you know copyright, but what are some other other concerns that you see? Yeah, I, I think there are, are plenty of, um, of concerns and, and uh, Sam Altman was in front of uh, Congress here in the last couple of weeks talking to you know how fast the uh, technology is moving. There's at least uh, a set of people around the world world that believe there should be some pausing of, of the technology. There's others that are saying, you know, no, we just have to put the right guardrails and constraints and Congress will need to act on, on some of the regulation. And and so there's this, this need to rapidly understand how to keep it safe. So uh, having personal data uh, not be accessible through the model is is a big one because, you know, once that, just like any other privacy and security issues in the dark web, you know, this is going to be something that has to, has to be a concern of companies around ChatGPT and the uses of people's data in that area. So now you mentioned Sam Walton, is the gentleman's name? Altman. Altman, that's right. Sam, he's one of uh, invented chat GPT. Yeah, he's the CEO of uh, CEO. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and there's, there's, uh, not just chat GPT, but there's, 
other people in this space. Can you talk Everyone's about in the space now, but in terms of specifically large language models, uh, you know, Google has their um, offering in this area called BARD. Um, AWS is getting into this area. Salesforce uh, in their Einstein area is uh, implementing large language models. You know, Microsoft has really te teamed up with OpenAI to, um, to implement that into their products so you know i think in their in their bing search now you know it's powered by you know that capability that uh, open ai offers so there will continue to be more specific uh fit for purpose large language models as well where chat gpt is is, is a more general uh, capability and that's why you know it's out there in the public for consumers to use and really to use at no cost up to a certain you know level mm. and for minimal cost uh for the for the latest version of that yeah, yeah. I believe 3.3.5 is free at this point. Then I, I want to say uh, four points, twenty dollars a month, or something yeah, like that. For individual, yeah, yeah. Depends on what level, yeah. right? Right. Now, Cap Gemini, are, are you? You guys are playing with the technology yourself at this point? Oh, of course, yeah. We're looking at you know what it can do for our business, what it can do for our clients' businesses, and again, that really and then comes down to which sectors our clients are in and what are our appropriate uses for the automation within each of those sectors. So the answer might be different for a financial services firm versus a healthcare firm versus maybe um, a, a digital e-commerce uh, player. But there are very specific um, kinds of, of common uses that are, are coming to the, uh, the forefront in all these areas. Yeah. This, this space is moving fast right now. No. And, uh, you know, what little knowledge I've had in the last couple of months has been unbelievable. And I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm a thumbs up guy on this technology and I'm going to be uh, trying to learn as much as I can in the next few months to see how I can integrate it with my company. But I do see, you know, there's going to be some challenges, but I, I can see you walking into a, a hardware, hardware store like a Menards, a Home Depot, and you could go up to the board and say, I need X, Y, and what else do I need to add to it? It's going to tell you what you need. You, you, you can get where to get it at and you walk right into that space and aisle to pick that up where you don't have to have individuals uh, to deal with. So uh, there's good and bad, but I think overall it's going to be a positive because you're going to create jobs in the AI space anyway. Yeah. So think of it just as, you know, the engine is the engine. It can do a lot of things. Um, the way companies will start to uh, make better experiences is exactly scenarios like you mentioned. There's like, what's going to be the human interface that they put on top of that? Today, we think of the phone app and we think of, you know, the website or portal. Those will be powered or further enabled by this kind of a uh, an engine and it'll be able to bring a lot more concise data to uh, a particular problem space and those will get refined over time. The voice integration part of it is is the other element where, you know, today there is voice integration on phone apps, but it's come around rather slowly, I think. But I think voice is picking up very quickly here. And there's a lot of companies in Silicon Valley and other places that are looking at, at VoiceBox as one example to synthesize voice and, and replicate voice uh, so that, you know, you can both uh, do input and and, uh, and voice uh, output from uh, from those those capabilities. So that tied to the chatbot, tied to all the backend data, creates uh, a new technology stack that companies will start to start to implement interesting i'm sure the music and business and 
and everybody else out there are on high alert and trying to figure out how we can integrate this to be positive for everybody. And I'm sure we'll find a way. I really do. I think we're going to find a way, and I think we're going to be in three years have a better world because of it. I really do. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Our audience is the achiever, mm-hmm. and uh, you are are leading a group of people. Tell us about some of your what you've gone through in your growth in the last 28 years to to be leading this size of organization and to be focused on all and keeping up with all the technology. You know, it, it's gotta take time, it's gotta take new information, it's gotta take just changing of, of behavior. And so tell us a little bit about how you've grown and what you've had to break through to keep up with all this. Yeah, it really comes down to kind of knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know. And, and that's the reason for getting up every morning and learning something new each day and, and being in the technology consulting uh, business. Uh, there is never uh, really a dull day or a dull moment. Um, so that, you know, the what's new, what's next, uh, you know, in addition to what's now, those are things that we uh, spend a lot of time on. And you mentioned the word leading. So, I mean, there are things that automation and AI won't, will not change. So, you know, leading people and, and, uh, and inspiring, you know, and, and getting people aligned around, you know, certain goals, um, you know, ethical standards, you know, those are things that I think, you know, are not, um, you know, automatable. Those are human and personal. So I think that's been uh, a very interesting uh, part of uh, my journey at Capgemini. We're one of the two firms that's been recognized by the Ethosphere, you know, ethical standards uh, organization uh, the most uh, consecutive years. So it's really important culturally to our organization. And I think that's going to be more and more important as technology continues to speed up here. Mm-hmm. How do you keep up with all the knowledge? Just a lot of different intake sources. And, uh, you know, at Capgemini, there's no shortage of of, uh, of yeah, either podcasts. We, we do, Capgemini does their own podcast, but also uh, briefings. We have internal learning systems. But it, we don't. You also go external to get some of this as well. We have a great partner, uh, Alliance Network. Uh, we've mentioned some of them here uh, today in terms of Microsoft and AWS and Google and, and several others. You know, our interactions with them really uh, talk about what problems are they solving and where are they going with their product roadmaps. So there's those interactions that happen almost weekly. Uh, we've got a lot of deep, deep experts in our organization uh, that are specialists in all the various areas. I cover a pretty broad set, but uh, some people go very deep in areas and can peel the onion back many, many layers. Just talking to them uh, about the art of the possible is another way that you just uh, pick up uh, insights about the do's and don'ts of various approaches. So. There's a whole variety of answers to the question there, but again, it uh, broad side of inputs creates more of a well well rounded uh, capability. Absolutely, I I love that that it's you got to have multiple sources. You got to have multiple sources, and that's a big part of what we talk about here is <laughs> making sure you have the insight and the knowledge, and that's that's a tool that you provide to your clients. Yeah. Uh, but you you have to have multiple sources as well. So I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Absolutely, Paul. What what other questions do you have? I I, I think this has been a great conversation. It's been interesting it to hear the different perspective of. 
what OpenAI can do. And we, we've had a couple shows on it already, but it, this is just going a little bit deeper and, yeah. and what the world can see and how it's going to change. And it's going to affect all of us in a positive way. It and is. I, and I think that's what we've got to look for is what are the positive ways. And I loved how you said it. It's it's going to make sure that we have better experiences. <laughs> and that's that's the best way that organizations and leaders and, and achievers should look at this is how do we make the best experience by using the technology? Yeah, I, I think what I like about artificial intelligence, it's people, it's not that complicated. I, th- I think that, I mean, obviously uh, developing may be a complication, but but for the people that want to use it, it's not that complicated. Anybody can get on the computer and you can, uh, you know, Google chat GPT and it'll pop up, you'll sign in, start your account, and you can start within five minutes of uh, working with artificial intelligence, uh, putting a newsletter out, a letter, or contracts. Like Wade said before, you wanna make sure it's an ethical and check with your lawyer if you're sending a contract out. But I think it's I think everyone out there needs to get out there. I don't care if you're five years old or 105. You can get on there and you can you can get you get on there and learn that that process. But you know something I loved something that Wade said is about is about his company is was the art of possible, mm-hmm. the art of possibilities. The art and I'm sure that's a collaboration of a lot of people in your company that built a great company like Cap Gemini. When you got three hundred sixty thousand employees, talk about going through ceilings. That's 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 it's, it's climbing. And uh, and I know Wade is uh, one of the you know, a very intelligent man, and he's uh, been a big part of growing Cap Gemini. And I really appreciate you showing up today and yep. uh, working with us because I know kind of tell us a bit what you got out of today here. You know, uh, I want to ask one more question. You, know, uh, what are a couple recommendations that you give to our audience just if, if you were to say this is the one thing that you should be doing right now what what would you suggest that be I think um, it, it's easy to get an account like Paul said so just starting if you haven't done it already start to learn what the technology is just on a personal and consumer level and then from organization standpoint in small and medium businesses start to think about where are there challenges uh, in productivity and those size organizations. In larger organizations, I, I believe it's uh, going to be a competitive uh, you know, necessity that uh, people think about, okay, from a cost structure standpoint, as well as an experience standpoint, uh, there's probably no sitting on the sidelines. It's just the speed at which you want to adopt it. But again, if this is not something you're doing already, you should at least explore what the capability holes and 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 then uh, we, we look at small small uh, we call them incubator uh, kinds of uh, approaches to figure out a problem space you know what would be involved with it what could the AI technology do for it do some experiments and um, these experiments are not as costly to do with this technology as they would have been five years ago with a number of previous technologies so that's what's nice about not only AI but all of the cloud uh, computing uh, you know um, capabilities you can get into it at a relatively low cost and then scale from there. So the experimentation is something that people can do pretty easily. Absolutely. Wonderful. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, I, I think to your point of what, what did I take away I, is that right there. We've got to experiment. We've got to look at what are the repetitive tasks mm-hmm. that we can see that we can create greater efficiencies with and how do we make better experiences. And the other comment that I really liked about it is uh, know what you know and what you don't know. <laughs> and, and I think that's a powerful thing that you got to find the resources, you got to find the tools to help maximize that. I might have borrowed that from a Shakespeare play. <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> going back to my high school. So, uh, but, but it's all stuck with me. So, oh, that's very good. Paul, any other takeaways? I thought it was great. I, I'd like to get back to, I think anybody and everybody out there needs to get out there and, and start because in three years from now, it's going to be a big part of everyone's life. So it's a part, it's an opportunity to uh, get out there. It doesn't cost mm-hmm. much and you can get on it in five, 10 minutes. Absolutely. You know, Wade, the last question we always like to ask our guests is, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered by? Uh, and uh, just share us a little bit of your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, as simple as um, someone that, you know, worked well with our clients um, personally and as part of the organization. And in our business, you know, you're only as good as your last project. So every time we sign up to do something for a client, it's, you know, do what you say you're going to do. So it's as simple as that. I love it. I love it. Do what you say you're going to do. Thank you for joining us, Wade. Really appreciate the conversation. Thank you to our Achiever for listening today and keep growing yourself and uh, keep focused on what's your ceiling and breaking through that next level. So keep growing. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to What's Your Ceiling? We hope this episode has helped you transform the way you think, understand your awareness, has given you new ideas, and has provided you a new perspective on how to push through your ceiling. Please take in a second to give us a thumbs up. Each review helps us impact more people just like you making a difference in this world. See you next week on What's Your Ceiling?